0: song book this morning, you may want to go ahead and mark your books to 456. In Just a few moments we will um, be led in that song as we reach the end of our period of worship. It'll be a uh, song of encouragement for those who have yet to obey the gospel. I'll ask you to turn with me in your Old Testaments to the book of Proverbs in the 31st chapter. While you're turning there, I'll take a moment to express appreciation for the visitors, we're glad that you're here today and we hope that you can come back and, and be with us once more. Uh, I'm sure most everyone here knows that this is, this is Mother's Day. It's not a day that um, the Bible commands that we set aside and engage in some special religious observance for mothers. But at the same time, I think we all understand that keeping in mind how important It is to honor that person. It's something that we do have a responsibility to do as a Christian, not just on one day of the year, but every day of the year. Every Sunday that I've ever preached on Mother's Day, I think I can honestly say, if I recall correctly, I speak on the subject of mothers. And I just told you I don't do that because I think God commands it, but I do it because it's on your mind. And I think, it's, I think it's important, but in thinking about what I was gonna say this morning, this past week, I had opportunity to reflect on the fact that the attitude that we have in this regard changes with time. And one of the events in life that changes it the most is the passing of your mother. And many of you are where I'm at you no longer have your mother with you, and so you think differently about it. But at the same time, you understand that that this this commandment, or at least I appreciate it this way, that the commandment to honor father and mother it doesn't end with their deaths. I think I continue, and I think we should all continue to honor our fathers and our mothers even after their passing, and we do that as we we live their example, as we follow their wisdom, as we follow the guidance that they provided during the course of our lifetime, and we just develop a deeper and deeper appreciation for our parents. We appreciate the sacrifice that they made, and I think there's there's just almost no way to really appreciate that when you're younger. You have to live the life of a parent. You have to live life. You have to experience what what comes with age to really appreciate what it was that they experienced. But I wanna go in a little bit different direction. I went back and I looked over the years at all my sermons. I've got my sermons back for I don't know how many years. But I went back and looked at all the lessons that I've ever preached on the subject of, of, of mothers. And I wanna do something a little different today. And, and let me tell you, why I want to do this, in in thinking about Mother's Day, uh, I recall the conversation that I had with a, a brother years ago, we were talking about our wives, men get together occasionally and do that, and we were talking about our marriages and our families, and he made a statement to me, and the statement that he made about his wife, and this was a compliment, I'm going to go ahead and say that before I say it, it was a compliment. But the statement that he made to me was that she's a better mother than she is a wife. Now, think about that. What what first came into my mind was she must not be a very good wife. Why would a man say that? I hope he doesn't go home and tell her that. You're a great mother, but you're, you're not much of a wife. And that's really not what he said. And the deeper we got into the conversation, the more it became apparent that he made that statement, not because he felt that he was shafted as a husband, he made that statement because of the appreciation that he had for her as the mother of his children. Now having said that, this is what I wanna take a few moments and and speak about this morning. It's not so much honoring moms but honoring the mother who is in your home. Think about that. Even if you no longer have your mother with you, if you're married and you have children, then in your home there is a mother. And I need to think as a husband, and as a father of how I can honor her in my home and how I have a a responsibility to do that. In Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 28, this is the the proverb, the the latter part at least, about the excellent wife. But you'll notice in, in verse 28, the author states that her children rise up and bless her. But then he goes on and says her husband also, and he praises her. So it's not just the children who are mindful of the worthy woman who is in the home, but as the husband thinks about his wife from the perspective of what his children see, then he also blesses her and he praises her. Boy, it's just the hardest thing to talk about being married when you've been married a while, and especially when your wife is in the office. I wish every man here had to do this to appreciate what a challenge that is. It's easy. Those first few years of marriage, my wife would tell you I was the perfect husband. I would tell you I was the perfect husband. But you know what happens in time, don't you? (laughs) Boy, the the chinks in the armor start becoming apparent. You make that first mistake, and then you add another mistake to it, and you make that first dumb comment, and then you add another dumb comment to it. And after a few years, like maybe 33 years, how long I've been married, then all of a sudden you just feel like you want to crawl into a hole every time you are before an audience speaking about being a husband or being a father it just happens but here we go i need this as much as any of you let's just take a moment to think about the commandment and what this does for those who are children if you have parents and again, I know you're, you're not going to appreciate this until you've got a little bit of age on you and, and maybe you're, you're, you've experienced some things. And, but I think by the time you're a teenager, to a certain degree, you should be able to honor, in a biblical way, your parents. You should be able to honor your mother. You're not going to do that when you're five or six years old. you you may obey them but you're really not appreciating them and you're not really seeing what it is that they're doing for you but at a minimum we can look and we can see the commandments that are found in scripture and understand from those commandments the value that God places on fathers and mothers and for the sake of this lesson the mother honor your father and your mother Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12 and, and I, I look at this from the, the perspective of everything that is stated in these 10 commandments. I mean, you look at the commandments. Don't, don't worship other gods. Well, that's a big one, isn't it? Don't, don't steal. Don't lie. Don't be a false witness. But right in the midst of that, don't murder. Right in the midst of that, honor your father and mother. Does that not elevate that commandment to see it within its context? Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord gives you. Now that sounds like a threat, doesn't it? Well, look at chapter 21. In in a sense, it is a threat. In verse 15, the commandment is given. He who strikes his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Can you see that happening under the old law? And then also in verse 17, he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Wow, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty severe. What does it communicate to us? It communicates to us the perspective that God has in placing value on fathers, but this morning, as we think about it, the mother who is in the home. The woman who is raising with you your children. The woman who has given you something contrary to some weird popular thinking that you couldn't bring into this world. And that is children. This commandment is restated in Ephesians chapter 6. Honor your father, verse 2, and your mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Well, there are consequences when we fail to keep the commandments. There are consequences when we fail to honor our parents. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, we see another statement. It's a very direct statement of Scripture, and it's, it's made to the husbands who are to live with their wives in an understanding way. I don't want to be trivial about this, but I've had these conversations and these thoughts in my mind through the years, and, and the husband will say, well, I just can't understand her. I can't understand why she's doing what she's doing. I can't understand why she said that. I can't understand why she did that. Why can't she think like I think? Why can't she communicate like I communicate? Why can't she be like, like me? It's because she's a woman and you ain't. It's because God, God made her different. And he made her different for a reason. Now here's the comforting news. The Bible doesn't command us to understand our why. It just commands us to live with her in an understanding way. Well, I tell you, the first time that hit me, that was just just an epiphany. This is good. I don't have to understand her, but I do have to live with her in an understanding way since she is a woman. I need to show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. She has a soul. And as as a husband, I need to see my wife, not just as a wife, but I need to see her as a mother. And I need to live with her in an understanding way in her interactions with the children. I may not always agree with what it is that she does, but I need to be understanding of the fact that she is struggling as a mother. She wants to make all the right decisions just like you want to make all the right decisions. She wants to be the best mother that she can possibly be just like you want to be the best father that you can possibly be. Communicate that to her. Understand the value that God places upon her and then show her that you honor her as the mother in your home. And one of the ways that we show that honor is through love. It is so good to go back and review Ephesians chapter 5. It's painful, but it's good. Because what Paul commands husbands with respect to the love they are to have for their wives, we need a refresher course in that, guys. Ephesians 5 and verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. Could you not have just made it a little easier for me, God? I mean, did you have to put it at that level? You know, Jesus died for the church. He gave his life for the church. There was no sacrifice. He was not unwilling that he was not willing to do for the church. He gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all of her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. So husbands also ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ also does the church. This mystery is great, verse 32, but I'm speaking with reverence to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife even as himself. I think about me. I really do. I think about what's best for me every day. I really do. I, I, I'm I'm willing to make sacrifice so I can have a better life. I, I like me. It's one of those weird conversations, isn't it? Well that's that's what the Bible says you are to do. Everything that that, that the Bible says about relationships and, and about the way I treat others all begins with this proper self love. That's okay. But does the mother in your home think you think more about yourself than you think about her? And don't think she can't see that. Don't think she can't see through that. Speaking of love, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Here's another painful statement that isn't given just in reference to love, but it's painful when you apply it to your love, to your spouse husbands or wives, either direction. But I think about this here in honoring the mother that's in your home, in my home. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I have become a a noisy gong or or a clanging cymbal. Let's just insert that word. If If I speak, this word, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels but do not have love for my wife, the mother in my home I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love for my wife, for the mother in my home, I am nothing. If I give all my possessions to feed the poor and if I surrender my body to be burned but I do not have love for the mother in my home, it profits me nothing. You see, there's no success that can compensate for failure in the home. I heard a deacon years ago preach that lesson when I was at Auburn. This is before I was a husband. But boy, that stuck. There is no success that can compensate for failure in the home. And I may come home and talk about all my accomplishments at work, all the great things that, that everybody out there in the world of business says about me, But what about the mother in the home? Does she feel that lo- love? Love is patient. Love is kind, it's not jealous. It does not brag, it's not arrogant. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, it is not provoked, it does not take, take into account a wrong suffered. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It never fails. Is that the love that you have for the mother that is in your home? Does she feel that? You can say it all day long, but does she feel that? And then finally, as I think about honoring the mother in the home, What about praise and encouragement? I said earlier that there comes that point in your marriage when you make that first dumb comment, that insulting comment. Kind of like the time my wife came home and I've talked about this before and she had her hair done and I said, well, it looks better. You gave it to me for that one, didn't you, honey? I paid the price for that one. I thought better was good. It's it's not good when it's used in comparison. It looks better. You know, there's just some things you do not sell. And you have to learn that. Unfortunately, sometimes the hard way. But you think about whether your wife works outside the home or she's a full time homemaker. When you see her you can know for sure she's had a hard day. There are no easy days in, in, in parenting. Parenting isn't for cowards. If you walk in the door and she looks like she just fell off the back of a truck, don't tell her that. It's because she's had a hard day. She she can't just spend her day getting herself pretty for you when you walk through the door. She's been running after kids. she's She's been beating herself to death trying to be a good mom to your children. Ephesians 4 and verse 29, Let no unwholesome word like the word better, proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment. What does she need to hear now? So that it will give grace, grace, unmerited favor to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What does that have to do with this? Well, when you say things that the Holy Spirit wouldn't say, then you're grieving the Holy Spirit. What would the Holy Spirit say about the mother in your home? Well, what has the Holy Spirit said about the mother that is in your home? The Holy Spirit has said to honor her. The Holy Spirit has said to to love her as Christ loved the church. The Holy Spirit has said to live with her in an understanding way. That's what the Holy Spirit would say. And when I don't reflect that in my speech, I'm grieving that Holy Spirit of God. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with, along with all malice. Why are you applying this to marriage? Marriage is wonderful. Marriage is beautiful. Mar- marriage, there, there's no room for, for anger and, and, and bitterness and wrath and clamor and slander. What planet do you live on if that's the way you think? I tell you, I don't know how long you've been married, but eventually there is going to be bitterness, there's going to be wrath, there's going to be anger, there's going to be slander, there's going to be malice. It's going to be all of that. Put it away. Put it away. Speak wholesome words. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. You know, we, we... we do this out in the world I do this out in the world but then something happens when I walk through that door I seem to just forget it all I treat people in the world better than I treat my family sometimes do you do that just as God in Christ also has forgiven you here's another one has nothing to do with marriage specifically but it's applicable verse 15 Ephesians chapter 5 be careful how you walk Well, that does have something to do with marriage. You walk through the door, and it's talking about your way of life. But when you walk through the door, remember, this is a mother in a home. Be careful. Not as unwise men, but as wise. Making the most of your time because the days are evil. Making the most of your time. We don't always have a lot of time. As husbands and as wives, to spend with one another. Do we make the most of it? Do we make the most of that precious time that we do have together? And let me just say, and I'm going to speak from from my heart on this to the young fathers here. um, a, A man has within him this innate desire to be a protector and to be a provider, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It's good when you go to work. And maybe you work a little longer than you did before you became a father and a husband, and that's a good thing, because God put that in you to to be a provider. But don't don't ever use that as an excuse for your neglect of either your wife or your children, because the years are going by quickly. I wasn't the best father. But I can tell you, the things I miss the most are the times that I had with them when they were little. I like being with you now, Levi. But I used to love putting putting them to bed at night. Just going up there, and I remember Mike and Lydia, they, they started sleeping together in the same bed at a certain age, little Lydia just came across the way and decided she was tired of sleeping in the bed by herself, so she got in there with Micah, and for a couple of years they slept together, and every night I'd have to go get the little cup of water, two cups of water and take it in there, and Micah had his little sip, we would have her little sip, just a little thing, read Bible stories, even before that, putting them to sleep, putting my hand on their back, and just rocking them back and forth and doing the little hum. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Did you ever do that? And then you and then you'd take your hand off and I remember little Levi. He'd be laying on his belly, and I'd take my hand off and he'd pop that head up, look at me. You're not done, Daddy. I'm not asleep yet. I' do it some more. You, you, you just, you're just sitting there with your head on the tree and thinking, huh, oh, I hope I don't fall asleep while I'm doing this. I miss that. I miss all that. That's hard to to, to move past that in life. You know, if you're spending a lot of time away from your family, those days you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. Because you can't have those moments back. I used to love giving them baths at night. I remember putting Levi in that little thing you put in the sink and you put them in the, put them in there and you bathe them and I used to love to get little cold water and just on him, just watching. See you can you can make this fun. Praise, praise the mother in your home. Enjoy the time. Make the most of it. Be subject to one another in the fear of Christ, verse 21. You know, we think about subjection. Well, the wife is to be in subjection to the husband. Here's the commandment for us to all be in subjection to one another. And that would include me being in subjection to my wife. Well, how is that? Well, I think what that means is that I have to think about what's important to her. Sometimes I have to set aside my interests for the sake of her interests. And, and allow myself to be a little bit in submission to her. And then finally, Colossians chapter 3. You know, the Bible doesn't say a lot about husband-wife relationships, but here's one that begs the question, why this? Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Well, that can happen. You can become embittered against your wife. Happens for a lot of different reasons. But I think God recognized in the giving of this commandment that there is a potential for that because of the way men are made and the way women are made. And when you put the two together for years, there's just this potential for bitterness and resentment to develop. And that's why the Bible says husbands love them, do what's in their best interest, and don't become bitter. Chapter 4 and verse 6, let your speech always be with grace as though seasoned with salt so that you will know how you should respond to each person. And that includes, that includes the mother who is in the house. I may let one of our other preachers preach next year. I'm running out of twits. <laughs> These thoughts are yours. If you're here this morning and you've never obeyed the gospel, we want to sing a song now that is aimed at encouraging you to confess your faith, repent of your sins, and then to be baptized to have your sins washed away by the blood of Christ. When you're baptized, you become one with Jesus. You are wed with Jesus. Baptism is the believer's ceremony. And if if you're subject this morning to that call. We ask that you would come and stand as we stand and say.